Hello and welcome to the Odd Checker Betting Show. This is your US Open Golf Preview. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Odds Checker's very own golf tipster, Niall Lyons, as we look ahead to the next four days of golf over the weekend, the third major of the year at the Los Angeles Country Club North Course. Niall, how are you doing, mate? How are you going on? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, the weather's good in Ireland for, for two weeks in, so <laughs> it's quite surprising and you're you're not you're not used to this kind of heat, but yeah, not much golf, not much playing these days. But looking forward to watching the US Open this week. Yeah, I you just asked me when we came onto the Skype call if I uh, had been for a run because I'm so sweaty, but it's just a walk from the tube station to my office. So that is uh, in the can. It's only 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, I'm playing golf this morning, so that could be interesting. It could be a hot one. Um, Let's get into the preview then. And as we always do, before we get into your selections and we talk through the market a bit, um, you know, normally it feels like, especially over for some reason, the last couple of years, uh, the the courses that we've seen major tournaments played at, obviously we have the repeated Augusta, but in terms of the, the US Open, the US PGA and the, 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 the Open Championship, there haven't been that many surprises. Whereas this feels a bit trickier because, um, you know, LACC is a private course. We haven't seen any professional events there. Um, you know, we don't know much about it. Now, given what's going on in golf at the moment, it feels fitting that we've got a, a course that basically straddles Beverly Hills and Hollywood because it's going to be pretty box office no matter what happens. Um, but in terms of the actual course itself, what have you gleaned in terms of the the challenges that will pose the players? Um, what kind of player you think will go well there? Yeah, it's not easy as you say. It's a it's a George Thomas design and it's been redesigned uh lately for this US Open by Gil Hansen. He he's uh renovated a right number of courses down the last uh, few years and most recently probably Southern Hills for the PGA last year. This course is definitely quirky. Uh it's not quite Chambers Bay or anything like that, but it is it is different to the the standard US Open courses that we've seen, uh, even the even the last PGA at Oak Hill, they've all seemed to favour uh, the massive hitters. The fairways are usually narrowed, which favours the big hitters too. This this is slightly different. The fairways are definitely wider. Uh, I was talking with Ben Everill on an Australian golf journalist just uh, last night. Uh, who's on the ground there, and he, he was confirming the fact that the the rough at the side of the fairways isn't anywhere near as uh, isn't anywhere near as high as usual for a US Open, and the challenge really is your your second shots in, into small greens with a lot of rough around the greens as well. Uh, that's where your problem lies. If you, if you if you miss the green, you'll have a bad lie and you'll have trouble. Uh, gouging it out and, and judging really distance to the hole, you, you, you'll do well to leave yourself within a, you know, a 10 foot range. It's going to play very firm and fast as well, again, which doesn't really suit the longer hitters. That, that gives more rope to, to those guys who are more accurate. The ball runs out, and uh, I think the wider the fairways as well, that suits the, the shorter hitters too, because the more you narrow the fairways, undoubtedly, in these majors in the past couple of years, it suited the likes of Bruce Kepkin and the likes of Bryson DeChambeau too. So you couldn't really rule out anyone in the field. There's a lot of there's a lot of slopes on the fairways, a lot of elevation changes between holes as well. Uh, it's a typical Gil Hans look that you know rugged bunkers. It's it's more natural looking. So I think uh, 
a lot of imagination will come into play with recovery shots, uh, even off the fairway. If you spread a very wide, there's a lot of barrancas running through the course. Reminds me of kind of Marion in, in, in 2013 where Justin Rose won. Uh, but yeah, another one of his designs is Riviera, which is only down the road, obviously. Uh, and Augusta form has always uh, played out well there. Uh, anyone who plays it plays well at Riviera. Most of them have a good record at Augusta too. And that uh, could translate to this week simply because of the slopes on the fairways and, and the elevation changes. That reminds you of Augusta, wider fairways also as well with not so heavily punished bad drives. Uh, so yeah, there's an Augusta element to it too. So uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but it's certainly a quirkier design than some recent US Open or PGA venues. Well, let's get into your, your selections. The column went live on on Monday, um, and you know you, you've always been, and you've certainly won me over with this line of thinking in recent years. A believer that um, players who are consistently challenging in majors, you know, th- that is a trend that you can follow. But we've seen it in recent years culminate in in a victory at the end of that. You know, Scotty Scheffler's win uh, at Augusta a couple of years ago. Cameron Smith's win um, in the in the Open Championship last year kind of came off the back of consistent runs in in major tournaments. It, it's hard to find somebody playing better in majors than, than Victor Hovland at the moment. He's your headline selection, three point win at seventeen to one. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's pretty easy to make a case for Vic this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I was guilty of maybe being a little too harsh on him after the Masters, following us his effort at St Andrews as well, that he maybe wasn't coping with uh, the pressure on the final day. So that it was, it was the main reason why I backed him at Augusta, that he had got the experience in a final group at St Andrews that didn't quite work out for him, and I thought he would have uh, improved a lot for that. It didn't really happen at Augusta. You know, the final day, I think he holded like about a 12-footer in the first for a par, and then I think it was another 10-footer on the fifth for a par as well. And you were thinking maybe that this could be Hovland's day here. It didn't go well from then on. And it was the reason why I didn't back him at the PGA. And I was very nearly punished heavily for that. Uh, but there was no signs of those problems at Oak Hill against Bruce Kapka. You know, just to stay with Kapka, those final 18 holes, given the golf that he was playing, was an, an unbelievable feat. And... It was, it was just much better than the previous two majors. Uh, but for a bit of bad luck in the 70th hole, a, a bad lie in that bunker, you know, he, he, he could have won. I was very impressed with his course management that day as well. Uh, not really found the pins. Uh, mainly going, you know, 10, 20 feet left of them. I think, I think it was a good ploy and it, it was quite impressive. And as we say, it's just uh, stepping stones towards winning that major. Uh, it's been a, a prevalent stat, stat in the last couple of years that guys have just uh, got used to the air there in in, in a pressure in a, in a major championship cooker like in, in pressure cooker in the final couple of groups. So Hovland has has got that. He got he won up Murrayfield Village last time out. His first win in mainland America as well at Jack Nicklaus's place. A, a huge feather in his cap. It's an obvious selection, just like Ram and Scheffler in the last couple of years. We've been guilty of, of ignoring those uh, obvious selections too in the past. In the past, so he's the same price as Patrick Cantley, which I just can't really have. 
Patrick Cantlay is still yet to be in contention in one of these major championships down the final few holes. And he's and Cantlay also only has one stroke play win in the last 18 months. So I think Hoffman's a much better bet at the price, and I'm hoping he can just uh, kick on for that effort at Oak Hill. And as I said, I was talking to Ben Everill last night, and, and Victor Hoffman has, has an Australian caddy, which he knows quite well. And he told Ben that Hoffman was quite angry after that uh, final day at Oak Hill, and that it wasn't the usual jovial, happy-go-lucky Victor Hovland that he would usually see. He was angry. He was annoyed that he didn't win. And I think that spurred him on and gave him that extra uh, kick to go on and win up Muirfield Village. And there's every chance that he arrives here in the, in the same fashion and, and goes and wins his first major here on Sunday. Great stuff. Victor Hovland, the headline selection, he put him up at 17-1. to 1. That's in the hearts price for Bet365. Um, so you have to look for the winner in the market there about Victor Hovland. Um, second up, and, you know, we talk about Hovland being the best or one of the best in the game at the moment when it comes to major championships. Terrell Hatton is playing some of the most consistent golf in, in the world currently. Uh, a brilliant run on, on Sunday saw him fall just one shot shy at the playoff uh, in the Canadian Open. Um, do you think you've seen enough of his game recently to think he could go well here? And the second selection is Terrell Hatton. Uh, what is it? Two points each way uh, at... 30 to 1 again, that's for Beth Reese's wife, who are paying a 58 places. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he doesn't quite have the, the experience in, in the final couple of groups that Victor Hovland's had recently, but he, he's going well in major championships. He's got three top 15 finishes in his last five. Uh, I think he's maturing into that kind of golfer who could win a major. Uh, obviously, his temperament's been questioned down the years, but uh, I think he's. He, I think he's just about ready for this, and the golf that he's played this season has been incredible. He's played the hard golf course as well. He was second to Scotty Scheffler at uh, Sawgrass, and he was fourth at, he was fourth at the Arnold Palmer, which played quite tough as well. Uh, third in Canada at the weekend, as you say, and he, he faced a big setback there. He double bogeyed the eighth hole in the final day. He actually went out towards three or 400 to one, and then when, when Nick Taylor didn't look like he was burying the, the 72nd, he was in the sub three to one again. It was a big move, a big comeback for him there in the back nine. And maybe just unlike Fleetwood, he doesn't have the scars coming here after that. You know, it'll, Fleetwood will do very well to pick himself up off the floor after that at the weekend. He had a great chance. He, he kind of messed it up there in the 72nd hole, laying up in the rough. And it, he'll, do, he'll do well to recover, even though he was, he was high up on my list before this, but he, he, he didn't quite make the list after that uh, marathon at the weekend. But... Yeah, Hatton seems ready. He's got a. He was sixth at Shinnecock in 2018, one of the firmest and fastest uh, U.S. Opens in the last decade or so, and he ranks third in strokes gained in total strokes gained this season behind Ram and Scheffler. You know that's an amazing feat, third given the golf golf that they've played. Uh, but yet there's uh, 12 or 13 golfers priced ahead of him in the field, so. Yeah, I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, if he does manage a double bogey or a bogey here and there, that he doesn't quite lose the head. But I think he's maturing into, into a steady golfer now. And his results show that this season. I think he's had uh, five top five finishes in the PGA Tour, which is, you know, a, a great return for, for an Englishman over there. So, yeah, I'm hoping he can kick on from good golf at the weekend too. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's right up there 
on Sunday. Till Hatton, the second selection, they're two point each way at thirty to one. Um, but Niall, you'll be devastated to hear that your third selection is my biggest fancy of the weekend. I feel dirty saying it. It would be a, a pretty typical winner given what's going on in the world of golf right now. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, one point five points each way at forty to one, looked a a pretty polished, a, a pretty back to his best, Bryson. I think when everyone was focusing on on Kepka's return and rightly so, maybe it went under the radar just how well Bryson played in the in the PGA Championship a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I think he was a triple figure price going to this one, going to that one. But at 40 to one about a player who we know his quality when he's at his best, still a bit of juice in that price. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a healthier price than the Shambo we're seeing here as well. It's a, he's different looking. He's got a new dad. He looks a lot better. He looks a lot healthier. And his uh, fourth place, the PGA, was impressive enough. He quite He stalled somewhat on the final day, shooting level par. And like uh, I remember saying to you that I thought Kepka was a bit of a lay heading into the final day of the Masters just simply because of what he had. Uh, he, he hadn't really competed in the pressure cooker of a major in a way. And that played out. But it's Bruce Kepka after all. And he learned quite quickly going on to win the PGA. Bryson DeChambeau is somewhat in the same mould. Uh, he can learn pretty quickly from his final day at the PGA as well. He's hitting it very long these days and extremely accurate. He's hitting more fairways than he ever has done in, in the last number of weeks. Uh, he won a very firm and fast uh, Arnold Palmer Championship back in 2021 at Bay Hill. Uh, so he's got the form in the bag for that kind of test. His Gil Hans uh, form is incredible. No one comes here with better form on Gil Hans redesigns. His uh, win at winged foot, the US Open at winged foot, was uh, a Gil Hans redesign. Uh, he won at Ridgewood and TPC Boston as well. So three wins on Gil Hans renovations is quite impressive. And yeah, I just think he can kick on from his fourth place there at the PGA as well and just kind of do what Katka did after the Masters. Yeah, it looks well set to go well again. As I say, might not be the most popular winner amongst golf fans, but you and I will certainly be training him if he's in contention um, come Sunday evening. Uh, another, you know, English player who went well at the Canadian Open was Justin Rose, um, a player who looks trending back towards his best kind of golf after a really difficult um, couple of years or so, putting brilliantly, hitting the ball well. Uh, Rose forty to one or to one point five points each way. Sorry, forty five to one you put him up at, but now. All of that has gone uh, best price. Well, you're getting 45 to 1, so the uni bet 40 to 1 uh, with Boyles and a couple of others. Yeah, uh, obviously, as I say, another who who played good golf at the weekend. Uh, I think this could just turn into a bit of a grind at the weekend where, you know, this will get tougher as the weekend goes on. I think uh, they'll set it up the easiest they can, maybe for Thursday and Friday. Uh, but it's a US Open after all, and they try and protect par come the weekend. And I think. That'll bring out the likes of Justin Rose and maybe maybe one or two other veterans. Uh, but Rose is playing great golf this year. He obviously landed, uh, got back into the winner's circle again at Pebble Beach. Uh, but he's played well. He, he was sixth at Sawgrass as well. Then ninth at the PGA. And that's what you're looking to, obviously. We've talked about it time and time again. Guys who played well in the previous major. And uh, it's foolish not to include a couple in your staking plan. Uh I've mentioned the similarities to, to Marion back in 2013. I think it's quite a similar course. Now, he won that US Open at one over par. I don't think it's going to be that tough. Uh, 
but there's certainly similarities. The Barrancas ran through that course too. There wasn't little water, just those shocks that we're talking about, and uh, similar similar type of toughness, I would say, coming here this week that'll play over Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I just think he's playing. He's playing too good golf to ignore. He hasn't been outside the top twenty-five in his last five efforts, five appearances in tour, and uh, he's good form in California too. So, yeah, I'm hoping for the best for Rose, and uh, I just think he's one. He's one of those wily old foxes who could, who could learn how to score here and just creep up the leaderboard as the week goes on. Three more selections. Uh, next up is a player who has drifted. I mean, we always say when when quality players drift to a ridiculous price and they go and win, you wonder how and why not back them. I think if Justin Thomas does go and win at 40 to 1, there'll be a lot of people scratching their heads as to how someone who, you know, was a major winner just over 12 months ago in the BJ Championship could go off that bigger price, a serial winner as well in the past. Uh, you put him up 40 to 1, 10 places, that's with Paddy Power. He's as big as 45 to 1 elsewhere. That's with Unibet, only seven places. Um, I mean, he's not playing well, is he? I think that's fair fair to say, but there's no denying his quality if he has to bounce back to some form. Yeah, it's the risk you take, obviously, and it's just, as you say, it's one of those ones you'll be kicking yourself if he goes and wins and you, and you weren't on. Uh, simply because there's not enough evidence, I don't think, to suggest that he's not playing good enough golf to go and win a major championship. From Tita Green... He's actually been not too bad. He missed the cut at the Masters, but we know he was on the wrong side of the draw there. And on the Saturday morning, the weather was absolutely horrific as he tried to make the cut. And it just didn't happen for him. Uh, he went after that to Harbour Town with 25th, 14th at Quail Hollow. Didn't play well at the PGA. Didn't drive the ball well. And, and I'd hope if he didn't drive the ball well there. He didn't drive it long or far. So neither of those... Uh, statistics are it's going to be very hard to score in that scenario so it didn't work out for him at the pga he did make the cut but then he missed the cut at the memorial but that was largely down to another poor performance on and around the greens and on the greens has been a problem this year he struggled with the putter uh but we know that's fickle and we know it can turn around but t to green there's been no well ball striking let's say uh off the tee on an approach play uh Hasn't been all that bad. And I think he comes here. Uh, for example, I would say he comes here. Matsuyama's quite consistent. But he comes here with a similar, you know, off the tee and approach game to Hideki Matsuyama. And I think he's got, obviously, a much higher ceiling than, than Matsuyama. It's not that bad. He's only been outside the, the top 25 four times in 12 appearances this year. So and there's there's a lot been made of his dad. I think he's gone to like a gluten-free, dairy-free dad, and people are maybe saying that this is contributing to some her golf. I'm not entirely convinced, and I think um, a test like this could bring out the best in Justin Thomas. It did so at, at uh, Southern Hills last year, and I just wouldn't be surprised. It's a chance you take. You're getting Justin Thomas at double the price that you normally would, so... It's one I just, uh, I think I have to include in the staking plan. JT, uh, the fifth selection, two more. Um, Wyndham Clark, uh, you know, got his first win on tour a couple of weeks ago in a, in a dominant performance um, in the Wells Fargo, in a decent field as well. And, and just a, a player who it feels like is trending very much in the right direction with his game. Uh, he is, um, you put him at one point each way, at 60 to 1, uh, 10 places. That is with William Hill. Uh, as big as 80 to 1 with Betway, um, who are a fifth to six. 
what makes you fancy Wyndham's, Wyndham's chances? Yeah, well, we were on him when he wanted Quail Hollow, and mm. uh, I think it's kind of easier to stay on the on the train if you've landed him once. And doesn't know you anything. Yeah, he's a <laughs> it was a hugely impressive performance there, Quail Hollow, and statistically the best of the season so far. He gave him more shots than anybody else has, and uh, his approach play this season has been on fire. He was second on approach at Bay Hill, third on approach at Copperhead, and then first at Quail Hollow. And he was first in putting at Quail Hollow as well, so it's no it's it's no surprise that that was one of the best efforts of the season. He ranks twenty third on tour on approach play, uh, and his driving is long and it's accurate as well. I think it's just perfect for this place. Last time out at Muirfield Village, he hit more fairways than he has this season as well. He he ranked twenty sixth in the field that week, first fairways hit. So. If he's managing to even hit it straighter than he normally does, that's a that's an added bonus. But his irons are absolutely on fire. One of the best iron players on tour this season. And he's gone close in other events too. Fifth at the Falls Bar, sixth in Punta Cana, third in the Zurich. That was a team event, obviously. Twelfth last time out at the Memorial. He's playing such good golf. And I think uh, he's one that I'm going to take a chance on just at the price, around 60 or 66 to 1, simply because I think he's got a, a very high ceiling. Uh, Data Golf have him ranked 13th in the world, and I wouldn't entirely disagree with that. Uh, they've only got 12 players ahead of him, and yet there's 30 ahead of him in the batting in the field. There's about 30 players ahead of him in the batting. So, uh, yeah, I think we're on the right side of him with Quail Hollow backing him at a good price, and I think uh, this is around a similar price as what we backed him at that week, even though this is a major. But I think uh, I definitely think he's got the talent on the ceiling to go and win one, and. Uh, one of the tra- prevalent trends too is a win earlier on in the season to win these majors too so he's got plenty going for him and he's uh, he's sneaky long I think he's just as long as many of the golfers towards the top of the market so uh, yeah I'm quite excited about Wyndham Clark this week actually Lovely you've got to call them correctly once already this season let's hope you can do it again Wyndham Clark at the penultimate selection and they're one at a massive price 500 to 110 places Joel Bayman what you've called it a hail mary bet in the column now uh, what is it about joel's chances that you like uh, it's a hail mary <laughs> uh his recent form is cut 69th 68th cut there's absolutely no reason to think that he could turn it around to be fair uh but he's played decent off the tee on his day he's an excellent ball striker he really 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 is uh he's had problems uh with a short game down the years especially the putter but this season, from tee to green, this is his best tee to green season, uh, really, since he came on tour. Uh, he's playing well around the greens this season, better than, than he has done. This is his best season around the greens. He played quite well around the greens at Memorial, too, only, only missing the cut. But uh, the reason why I was I'm kind of keen on him at five, there's always a surprise towards the top of the leaderboard, isn't there? And none of us ever have it none of us ever backed him none of us there's always one towards the top of the leaderboard at a massive price and i thought to myself this time around i'm gonna try and nail it and there's never there's rarely reason behind why this guy is at the top of the leaderboard towards the weekend in a major so uh i'm taking a chance on on joel Damon. he won at punta cana uh a couple of years ago and that that was really really windy and at the weekend there, especially on Sunday, and it was very, very difficult to control 
uh, distance with your approach play and very difficult to control distance from around the greens. And I think that's going to be a big thing if you're in the rough uh, around the green is just controlling uh, the gouge to, towards the pin, trying to get yourself within 10 feet or whatever. Uh, that was a difficult day at, at Punta Cana that week with the wind. And he went into that tournament on the back of six missed cuts in his last seven. So he won out of absolutely nowhere. So I'm taking the chance that similar could happen here just with a few similar traits. You know, this definitely isn't a Punta Cana type golf course, obviously. But just the skills that were needed on that Sunday with the uh, the really high winds, just judging distance and stuff. I'm just hoping that uh, maybe similar can play out and we could get some kind of run on the 10 places at a 500 to one shot. Can I give you my 400 to one shot? Maybe become a match bet. Yeah. Austin Ekro is my big price fancy. He's, I think one of these players who probably in a, in a year's time will be, you know, an 100 to one shot piece maker. He's 24 years old. He's trending very much in the right direction. You look at his last three starts, came second at uh, the 18th at Byron Nelson, 16th at Charles Schwab, 30th at the Memorial. He's made five cuts in a row. Um, and his tee to green, his tee to green general kind of stroke gain is up there with, you know, it's kind of top 50 stuff. So, um, and he was hot with the puck at the, the Byron Nelson as well. Just feels like he's a player that basically no one knows about yet, who people will know about pretty soon if he can, continues playing the way that he's playing. I think he's only in his last like 12 or so rounds um, on the PJ Tour. He's only had negative strokes gains twice, which is pretty impressive for somebody who's that big a price. Big ask given that he's only played, he's only had one major start. And that was as an amateur in the 2019 US Open where he very much missed the cut. Um, but, but let's see how he goes. We can have a match bet on the side. That's a, that's a very good shout. In fact, uh, I agree with you there. And he, he doesn't quite have the length off the tee that some other golfers have, but he's extremely accurate. And I do think the wider fairways uh, will suit those uh, guys who don't hit, hit the ball as far. It gives them more rope, gives them more of a chance. If they hit the ball straight, then they're going to get a... A lot of run out with very little rain here in the past three months. Yeah, so that's not a bad shout at 400 of them. I'm going to watch, the, watch it go on the exchange now as you suddenly log in. Uh, right, um, those are the selections. You can find all of Niall's tips up on the Odds Checker uh, app or up on online as well. Um, and read all of the uh, justifications for those unless if he hasn't persuaded you. Uh, with his chat there. I'm um, just looking through the, the other the other players we haven't mentioned just quickly. We've got 10 minutes or so to go through this. Um, Scotty Scheffler has been backed overnight. Um, he was kind of 15 to 2 best price. There's still a bit of 7 to 1. That 7 to 1 is with bet, a bit to Betfred 10 bet. Um, Parry match. Uh, the best player subs getting there is with Betfred, who are 8 places. The Shaw's 11 to 2 uh, with Betfred Sportsbook, who are 12 places. Um, I've never really seen anything like Scotty's season this season, um, where if he could putt, Niall, like a, an average PJ Tour player, how many wins do you think he'd have at this kind of the year? Well, I think he would have. I think he would have won his last four tournaments. Yeah, it, it, it's it's unbelievable. It, it really, really is. This is Tiger figures here from Tita Green, if not even better. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's it's just absolutely incredible golf. But I'm somewhat surprised that there's been a move on him in the last 24 hours. I'm surprised. I expected a drift, if anything, simply because of, well, two reasons. The putter, obviously, being one, he's got a massive problem with it. And I was reading a stat uh, just 
before studying this. I can't actually remember what it was, but it was something that something along the lines of there hasn't been a major winner in the last number of years who has come in with uh, such negative strokes gain putting. Now, obviously, there's never been a there's never been a golfer coming in with such positive numbers, mm-hmm. tee to green either. But then, so the putter's obviously a big problem, and then I can't get it out of my head. Can't get it out of my head, George. That surely a more ordinary week from tee to green is off its way. Yeah, can I can I continue this? You know, if we were looking at someone who was putting, he fits the the bill of somebody who's playing so well and putting poorly that he can't continue to putt so poorly. Then he's playing so good tee to green that you wonder how how long he can keep this up. But he's been keeping it up for a very long time, and yeah, as you say, the big problem is with with the flat stick. And if he manages, if he manages to put well, then he, he could blow the field apart. And he, he's he's in the position. You know, if you haven't backed Scotty Seffer this week, and you're looking for an angle, maybe it's to lead after every round and win. I think you can. Hmm. You can get a you know a tasty price of you know sixty six to one and above towards a hundred to one for, for maybe something like that, and uh, or to lead after the first round and win, or to win by three four shots. You could get upwards of, of, of twenty to one to win by four shots. I think there there are your kind of angles. Maybe you'd look two for Scotty Scheffler because if he wins, if he puts well enough to win, you could blow the field apart. Yeah, it's just crazy you know when you're looking at his, at his form and i like that to each way 10 places purely because you look at how poorly he putted in the masters and he still uh, managed to sneak in with a tight with a tight 10 finish you look at his strokes you know strokes lost putting basically every week and he still manages to finish i mean he he, he lost two shots per round putting the memorial and still finished third a shot around at the charles roberts still finished third like it feels like you know you can almost compensate for the fact that he'll come last in the field for, for putting and he'll still probably land the plates it's just bizarre and as you say I, I like that angle as you say because you do think if, if suddenly the putting does click I mean I, I can't remember was he when he kind of burst on the scene in my mind kind of 21 his, his putting was like solid he was a he was a good putter like, I, I don't really understand how what, what has changed especially for someone who's so clutch at winning yeah this is com- this is comfortably his worst season on tour uh strokes gain putting so uh it's a surprise just how, how far he's gone but, uh i was talking to matt cooper last night as well and uh he was of the opinion that he doesn't think he's quite as bad as a putter as, as maybe what's being made out simply because we see all of his putts and, and he, he's, he's got he's got that many uh he's got that many putts you know inside 10 or 15 feet that we see and you're just seeing everything. Well, that, that's yeah. you know clouding everyone's judgment. But uh, again, the numbers are there. It's just not working out for him. But wow, he could blow the field apart. And uh, I know you've backed him this week, and I think I may get on board maybe with some of those fancier prices to win by four plus shots, and maybe after every round, uh, yeah. as a little interest just in case. Uh, a couple more are, are sure to be popular. Um, John Rahm is, is ten to one, uh, the Masters winner. Uh, Brooks Kepka, the other major champion this season, is 12 to 1 best price. That's a bet victor, only five places. You're probably looking at 11 places if you want some of the fancier um, pace terms. And then Roy McIlroy, who just had the most Roy McIlroy week we're ever going to see in Canada, you know, playing his way into contention. And then on Sunday, 
just not really showing up whatsoever. Um, what do you make of their chances to the price? Uh, probably John Ram was the most interesting of those three. Uh, he's obviously got four wins this season. He's playing great. Got his Masters win. Uh, he's playing really impressive stuff uh, from tee to green too. He's had a couple of bad putting weeks across the season, but generally speaking, he's one of the best putters of those guys. Uh, you're consistently great from tee to green. Uh, the test should suit him. He's won a uh, he's won a US Open in California before, so yeah, I can see him go well. And around eleven to one, he was probably the most interesting of a lot. I think Kepka's maybe gone a bit too short. Uh, and McElroy is just finding far too many ways not to win. Uh, I think he's maybe dealing with some things off the golf course too, which uh, are maybe affecting some of his golf. Uh, he's obviously dealt with a lot in the PGA Tour in the last uh, 12 months as well and maybe things have just got a bit on top of him so uh, yeah out of those three Ram was definitely the most interesting and I'd be no surprise if he's up there uh, come Sunday he could be a hard one to beat in California with his form certainly could be Um, before we let you go to ask about Jordan Spieth um, because I always do he's 28 to 1 here um, some finish issues, but looks to be playing decent enough golf. Was he hard to leave off the list? Yeah, extremely hard. And my goodness, what what I'll have to live through at the weekend if he's <laughs> if he's holding putts on him that on. Uh, he played absolutely great stuff at the Memorial last time out, uh, finishing fifth. Absolutely excellent through the bag. Uh, he's had some short game problems recently. Mainly to blame for his miscut uh, at Quail Hollow and, and at the Charles Schwab. But it's Jordan Spieth and he's had a very good year. He's had, uh, what, five, top five finishes this season. Should have really won the the, the Heritage too. He, he had a lipped out putt to win there against Matt Fitzpatrick. He had a great putt that just somehow managed not to go in. Uh, and I think, as I mentioned earlier on, there's uh, kind of, there's similarities to Augusta, which will really suit him, the slopes, and more so imagination uh, and recovery shots from uh, from just off the fairway and from around the greens. There's nobody better in the game for imagination than coming up with ideas and ways to get the ball close to the hole when you just you think it's impossible. So this test could really, really suit Jordan Spieth. Uh, my... Uh, Slight worry was that I would prefer him just to have played better in the last major championship, but again, it was short game problems there, and they can easily be turned around. So, uh, yeah, I'll be a happy man if Jordan Spieth goes and does it. To be fair, from that on, I, I love the guy, and uh, yeah, it would be great to see him do it all the same. Certainly would. Um, before we let you go, Niall, you always do a good um, preview in the specials market as well, which I hope we can expect on the odds checker. Uh, signing up in the next couple of days before um, tee off on, on Thursday. Uh, anything that you, you can kind of sneakily preview to, to the viewers and listeners to this show? Yeah, I quite like see we came in the top Asian market. Uh, he was fourth in the mor- Memorial the last time out. He's absolutely brilliant on and around the greens, not on them. Potter is the problem with him. Uh, but he's 14th on tour, strokes gain tee to green this season. He's obviously got to win a sawgrass before he's played the hard golf course as well. He's just about long enough to contend for US Open off the tee. Uh, he's got a win in California in 
uh, the American American Express as well. And I think uh, it's just maybe a slight weak Asian market. I don't think Hideki Matsuyama is playing uh, as good a golf as he's capable of. Sung JM's now missed a couple of cuts uh, following his win in Korea. And Tom Kim's gone off the boil too. He's missing cuts as well. And you've got about five Asians towards the bottom of the market, all highly odds on to miss the cut. So uh, there was four to one. I don't know if it's still there, but there was four to one available yesterday, three places. And uh, yeah, I think Seaweed Kim can take down that Asian market. Lovely stuff. Um, as I say, look out for Niall's preview of the specials markets up in the checker site and on the app over the next couple of days. Make sure you subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel so you can find all the Odds Checker betting shows. We have a preview for our Alaska coming out later in the week. I'll be sitting down with Andy Holding in the studio um, later on this week to go through the card for next week's Royal Alaska. So make sure you do say subscribe for that and keep an eye out for Niall's previews and, and tips over the course of this weekend. So hopefully a couple of winners in there. Thanks, Niall, as ever, for sharing your tips and insight. Uh, we'll be back later on in the week. But in the meantime, please do enjoy the golf and ensure that you're gambling responsibly.